0: Pickett, she lays it off to Teresa palas. It's an absolute peach. He is driving. Yes! What a hit from the leader is.
1: Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meanwhile, one now.
0: Well, I did not expect to see that many goals. Across the A-League Women's Weekend, and certainly not eight for one team, but here we are, one of the highest scoring rounds in A-League history as a whole. Fiona Wirtz equaling the record men's or women's for most goals scored in a match. It's certainly been an eventful one. I'm Josh Parrish. I'm here with Pakua Frimpong for Radio Dub. Pakua, welcome back, and uh, how did you rate the A-League Women's action over the weekend? It was uh, certainly eye-catching
1: good to be back. It's, it's, we feel like it's been a while. I can't remember exactly the last time we were on but it was it's good to come back to talk about a, a round that had lots of goals. That's all we want as football fans. I would like some better defending and some better goalkeeping but I'll take the, the good goals at least.
0: Mm. Um, this particular individual performance from Adelaide United's striker has come with media spotlights and with that has come human interest stories on her life outside of football. That's going to be a big topic today. Uh, Sam Lewis penning a piece for the ABC uh, on just why a striker who can score five goals in an A-League women's game is forced to work at the McDonald's drive through in her hours outside of football and what that says about the A-League women's. Uh, but we'll start with the on-pitch action procure and that 8-2 de- demolition of Brisbane Raw, was this simply Adelaide being irrepressible on the day or are there some deep-seated problems in Brisbane?
1: I think it's got a lot to do with Adelaide being comprehensive and being really good on the day. But I think it also comes to a little issue that's been bubbling away for Brisbane throughout the season of them not being not being a good side when it really matters at times and getting lucky at moments and going forward struggling and only really having one midfielder who's one of – if not the best midfielder Australia's got, you know, having, having a heavy reliance on Katrina Gorey. And unfortunately, she didn't have a great game. So it it was as if Brisbane went down with her. So Adelaide deserved deserved win. And I always thought there wasn't a big gap between those two because I think you could you could have changed those two, their positions on the ladder. But Adelaide clearly showed that Brisbane are a, a step away from them.
0: For Brisbane this season, I mean, it's been a cruel one in some ways. They've conceded so many late equalisers or failed to make the most of chances to finish off games. To me, it looked like a team whose spirit was a little broken by all of the disappointments they've had this campaign.
1: But I, I don't think they, their spirit should have been broken because they, were in, they are and were in touching distance of making the finals. Like Adelaide were only just a little bit above them. So if they'd brought a better performance, they genuinely could have made the finals. And once again, Adelaide would have stumbled at the hurdling block of making the finals. So I I can understand that, maybe that idea, but Brisbane to have, you know, the luck has fallen their way at times. And they've also been quite unlucky, but they've been unlucky because of some of their own poor decision-making and poor football. So uh, I, I, I steer away from that thought process of, you know, that's at Brisbane, we feeling a little bit disheartened.
0: For Fiona Wertz, uh the English striker who's come halfway around the world, uh, is this the best individual performance that we've seen in the dub this season? Uh, or was she just on the end of a lot of attacking
1: moves? I think she was on the – I don't know if she was – she's a clear number one because Hannah Wilkinson had that great game also with the five goals and I've seen Katrina Gorey have, like, some really great games uh, – Remy Simonson and Courtney Vine have also been amazing so I don't know if it was the best individual performance I think it was I think the score line makes it look it definitely takes it a step above because Adelaide was so clinical but I, I, I would have to like I'd have to think about it if it was the clear number one but there have certainly been some great performances by other players throughout the season
0: so she's uh Sorry, I just lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, Fiona Wirtz, working at McDonald's, was the subject of something of a, I guess, light-hearted seven or uh, Adelaide news outlet, doesn't matter what it was, human interest story over the weekend that it's back to the daily grind for her after the highs of her her achievements on the field. Uh, But I think it does cast a light on what female athletes have to go through in this country to actually make ends meet and pursue their dreams at the highest level of the sport. Uh, I think with the equal pay agreements that we had a little while back that of course on a, on a pro rata basis with this really shortened season, um, you know, there was a lot of premature celebration perhaps in the Australian football community of what we're doing for, uh, you know, equal pay and equal rights essentially in, in the A-League women's compared to the men's. Um, But, you know, when you've got players, you have to work, Second jobs, I think it impedes the progress of, of football in this country. And you know, as Sam Lewis pointed out in her piece, using this as a way to profile these players as you know their their strength of character and so forth is Josh, all well I, I, and good, I, I, but I'll, I'll take it a
1: step further. I think it's quite embarrassing, honestly. Mm. From From the AFLW at the start of the season, you know, having the players half in their football kits and half in, you know, their work attire. I think it's embarrassing that that's what it's come down to women's football. We've talked about it on this pod before that we've spoken about, you know, women's football, like more opportunities and stuff like that. And when I was reading Sam Lewis's piece that you brought up and I was looking at the minimum wage and seeing the Super W as unpaid and... Seeing that the highest is super netball with, at forty three thousand, I think it's it's embarrassing. So this that is the
0: minimum, wages minimum wage across different but women's Josh, sports in Australia. The minimum
1: that's lower than the like your the minimum like the standard minimum wage. That's it's ridiculous that these professional athletes who've got to who work just as hard as these like male athletes to keep themselves in these peak physical um, conditions in uh, in honestly harsher circumstances because they've got to keep it up by themselves without the luxury of these clubs because. As we know, with a lot of A League women's sides, once the season ends, half these women like are out of the contracts because the contracts are only year, so they're on their own and they're maybe with their MPL sides trying to stay fit and stuff like that. But they've also got these full time mm. jobs. Fiona Watts is a mathematician. She is smarter than every other like most people who think about football who are probably her boss. She is a smart, intelligent woman who is also a great athlete. And the fact that she has to get on a plane to go and work drive through at McDonald's, which I was working KFC for my first job, I think it's ridiculous that mm. these clubs aren't providing better infrastructure for these players to have to actually commit to something that they've worked really hard for, and they deserve to be rewarded for for that hard work.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to say that like service work is is beneath no anybody no no it's not. I mean
1: in the sense of her as on the combination of her being a professional athlete, it. That's like
0: and with like serious education, serious as well. education
1: as well. I I like don't mean to you know. I love McDonald's workers and KFC, Hungry Jacks all the way, but it's still like it's not a good look for the league. And the fact that Channel Ten are you know jumping around like this is some funny joke. It's are we not going to look at the deeper issue of women's football? And is this the furthest women's football can like go in the media landscape?
0: Yeah, I, I think it is condescending is what it is uh, when players are portrayed in this way. And we get a little bit of this um, when it comes to the MPL coverage, but that's not the highest level of the sport in the men's game. I mean, I, I recall a couple of stories about players working in cafes or working as day labourers or whatever, and, and they were running them in, in sort of regional news in Brisbane and so forth before they were about to play an A-league team. And look at what these people have to sacrifice. And it, it takes me back to a conversation I had with Ryan Scott uh, of Western United, who of course, former MPL player for years with Bentley Greens, friend of the green room. Yes, friend of the green room, friend of the station, to be honest. <laughs> and he's saying that playing in the A League Men's is easier than playing in MPL Victoria. And I asked him what he meant by that because obviously the standards, the opposite. Um, but he said, you know, getting up, working as a brickie from six in the morning, you know, completely physically exhausted, getting off work, going essentially straight to the stadium. And getting changed to play a game, you know, for an eight thirty kickoff on a Friday night, and you're falling asleep in the second half, you know, that's that's really tough.
1: That's a luxury. That's a luxury for Ryan Scott and male, like these male players, mm. getting the chance A League that the A League gets to be easier when these A League women's players. There is what's the difference between the MPL and the A League women's if they're essentially doing the same thing. Relatively, like sure, that's more prestigious, and you have the opportunity to play for Matildas and potentially go overseas. But that 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 difference of having to work a day a second job—that's a luxury. It's It's a luxury.
0: Cognitive dissonance is what it is. When I hear people decry the plans for a non-professional national second division as MPL on planes, I'm thinking, what is the A League Women's if not MPL on planes? Essentially, it's all the same players. It's just the the pick of the bunch from MPLW across the country combined with a few returning Matildas here and there now, a few international players that you wouldn't otherwise see, I suppose. Uh, and essentially, you know, a lot of clubs are paying the absolute minimum to their players. A lot of clubs who we were told would invest in Australian football if they were given the reins to run their own league are spending less than they were before the separation of Because they're able to get away Australia. with
1: it there is no accountability we've sh- we've shown that football like football australia they they aren't holding these clubs accountable to advance the game that's what football australia's job is to advance the game and if you're not growing it for the like like the women's side of it and you're not you know sometimes you're stumbling in the men's side of it what are football australia actually mm. doing if they're not the national teams aren't doing well the a league isn't is shaky and we don't have a national second division they're just constantly failing at their job <laughs>
0: Us. I mean, no, you've, just you've put it well, to be honest. Like, I, It does disappoint me that these club owners have not followed through on their promises, that the league is in not as healthy a state as it was last year or the year before uh, when it comes to the calibre of players on the field and when it comes to how much they're getting remunerated for that. And I think we're seeing a growing gap between the haves and the have-nots in the A-League women's. And that's not to say... clubs don't necessarily have the resources to put into the women's teams. They choose not to. And you don't see this kind of disparity in the A-League men's very often. You don't usually see 8-2, 5-0, 4-0 results in the men's side of things. It's because there are a select few clubs, maybe three or four off the top of my head, that are actually investing in their women's sides and are consequently attracting way more depth than the rest of the competition can even hope to muster. You know Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC, the two prime examples, and Melbourne City would be yeah. the third. And there are some sides that are well coached and they're able to get more out of meagre resources, like for example Adelaide United and Perth Glory. I think uh, fit also that bill. I'll Say
1: that Brisbane, even though they lost eight two on the weekend, Brisbane have shown that they do they do like you know picking players from the M- like NPL Queensland, and and they have shown to care about you know, bringing players in from local talent. So Mm. they're like... But
0: those players come cheap most of the time. So they're they're not really competing for the signature of a lot of the season pros in the competition and the brightest prospects. Honestly, I, I think in some ways they've overachieved this season. They're we might be seeing the real Brisbane now when it comes down to it, where they're, they're actually outmatched for the rest of the competition. I think the same goes for Canberra United. The same goes for Wellington with a team of essentially 16, 17, and 18-year-olds in their first campaign. And potentially, uh, you know, the same goes for Western Sydney Wanderers who are again beaten today, 5-0 by Canberra United, 5-0 by Melbourne victory on the weekend. Western Sydney after start of the season where they couldn't score a goal, but they had a solid back line. Since that injury to Claire Hunt, I mean, this season has completely fallen off a cliff. And, you know, maybe it's it's time that there was greater scrutiny placed on these clubs, not for the players themselves, not necessarily for the performances on the pitch and the coaching, but for how much money is actually getting poured into the salary cap for half the league who don't seem to care about the competition.
1: Western Sydney for me uh I, I, I they are t- like I, they're not fun to watch they are one of the most worst teams to watch in the league and it's not I'm not saying the players don't try but they have such a reliance of of being not getting goals past them And these last few games and the game with Melbourne victory and today with Canberra who got their first win and luckily you know are going out of the season with a win and not a uh, you know not getting an unwarranted uh you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Josh? Uh, finishing the season with uh, with no wins, nobody wants that. Um,
0: yeah, you don't want that yeah, record. You don't that want un- that unwanted record. record.
1: But for me, Western are just they 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 lack any creativity. And Catherine Canoli spoke after the Melbourne victory game and said, "I asked her about the midfield, and they allowed essentially allowed Alex Shityak to dominate them in the midfield and." She said, if you're going to give teams, you know, the entire midfield, then you might as well... Essentially, she was just mm. saying that, why, like, why are they really there? But this team, they clearly had... They're not learning. Like, as And that's still also another issue with the league. It's only 14 games that they can't learn and fix any of their errors, and it only seems to nosedive the closer you get to the end of the season.
0: This is why I... When it comes down to it, when I really think about it, object to the rebrand of the competition. Stay with me here. <laughs>
1: I'm no, I'm, I'm with you, Josh. Okay. I said it when it started.
0: Well, uh, and it's not just because we play a cash register sound effect every time I mistakenly call it the W League. <laughs> it's also because I felt that it was an undeserved victory lap for yeah. the APL to take. When you've got a competition that doesn't have a full home and away season, it's way too short to for players to play in that league only and have to jet off to other countries to play the rest of the season or play in MPL in the off season to basically get a full year of football in. Uh, that is comprised of clubs that are largely paying an incredibly paltry minimum wage to all their players. At least half the league are basically doing that. How can you then say the two competitions are the same and we should call them the same thing? Um, I, was, I was told by a lot of people that A-League sounds it's like the top league and the W-League is like this you know, no, ugly stepchild, this offshoot, but that's how they're treated in reality. So I don't see how you can take the PR lap of saying, look AFL, look it's, um, NRL, look at all these other leagues. We're the progressive ones here because we're calling it A-League men's and A-League women's. If there is no tangible benefit that actually comes with that in the form of professionalising this competition – it's just empty virtue signaling that does nothing for the players.
1: And I think also it takes away the pride of the W League. I think a lot of players were like had some pride in saying, I play in the W League. Mushing them all together as one brand is it's 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 not creative. It's not like, you know, you're not progressive in that way. It's, you know, just taking a cheap victory lap as you said. It's the W League had meant something to people and meant something to the fans and By shoving it in together, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, guys, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. No, you've done nothing and you've shown it this season and every time they don't make steps to improve this league, I don't care that it's called the A-League, A-League Women's. I don't care because it means nothing. Unless somebody can show me proof of when they, like, I'm a person of show me, not tell me. Mm. And until these guys show us that they care about, you know, the A-League Women's. Why should any of the fans buy in, and why should anybody in Australia buy into what anything they say?
0: That's why we call it the Dub, because uh, we resist. We resist the rebrand. I think with that, let's take a short break. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit more football about the actual teams, the actual fixtures that happened on the weekend, and uh, we'll get into who are the real contenders for the championship come the end of the season. Stay with us here on Radio Dub. she lays it off, Teresa Palacios!
1: It's an absolute
0: Radio Dub, here on FNR Football Nation Radio, Josh Parrish here with Bakua Frimpong. Let's start with Melbourne Victory 5, Western Sydney Wanderers. Neil, we've talked a little bit about Western Sydney's recent struggles and uh, their failure to keep the, uh, the dam closed after Claire Hunt went down with a long-term injury. Uh, this performance from Melbourne Victory... Does it signal a shift at all in their season, Piquet, or was it more to do with the opposition they were facing?
1: I think it's got a lot to do. I think it's got a lot to do with the opposition they faced. Uh, victory were good. They were great mm. even. Um, but Western Sydney are eleven people behind the ball and once those first two goals went in, it was one they, way traffic. It was one way traffic and it wasn't like I can never once once one goal goes in, I'm like, Oh, maybe West no. It was done, once those two goals went in, there was no, there was no real hope because Western, I think they, the players think about the fact they haven't scored a lot of goals this season. So once those two goals go in, it's really hard to stay positive and try and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to turn it. This is going to be the moment our season turns around and victory just it was all one-way traffic. And they were clinical and very good in that performance.
0: They were indeed. Uh, they punished Western Sydney mercilessly on numerous occasions. Kyra Cooney-Cross, for me, had her best game of the season and she was largely playing out on the flank. And is this is something that we've discussed before. What is her best position? We're not sure. Does she play or she plays six for the Matildas? We know that's kind of a fish out of water role sometimes. Is she a 10? Uh, or is she a player who gets the ball out wide and takes on defenders with her dribbling ability and her trickery and her pace? And honestly, for me, that's the role that... that's the I guess, glove-like fit that we were looking for yeah. all season. I thought she was really good in this game, and I think she should stay in that position for the rest of the campaign, honestly.
1: I think uh, Jeff Hopkins spoke at the end of the in the post-match and said that they put her in that role because it's best for the team. And I asked him, you know, is she a, n- a 10 or a 6 or, like, is she a winger? And he didn't want to, like, commit to a one position, but he spoke heavily about that's the best – her playing there is the best for the team. And I, I think – I think it's either her playing as a number 10 or out wide. I don't think the six is a th- like realistic anymore, especially with Chidiak in the side. She may have to go a little bit deeper with the fact that Chidiak is leaving in a couple of games' time. So her on the wing, she'd certainly had her best game. Was was it a one goal and two assists? And unlucky not to get the third assist in that game. But she was she was tremendous. And I think she showed some of her key skills and that's her pace. But... I'm still a little bit sceptical myself about if she is a truly a winger.
0: Big signing at the back for victory. Uh, eventually they found somebody to replace Kayla Morrison. Brooke Hendricks is new player in the back line. Uh, what have you made of her? She wasn't especially tested in this game, but she did score on her debut. Uh, she filling the void.
1: Uh, you know. Kayla Morrison's shoes are pretty, you know, pretty big to feel She's a tremendous player and it's unlucky that we lost her in the first game of the season with that uh, ACL injury. But Brooke Hendricks, she didn't really have much to do, especially Western Sydney aren't really a team to test, you know, your defensive uh, stability. But from what I did see of her and what we've seen of her in these last, in these first, I believe, three games she's played so far, I think she's Played, she's filled a decent spot mm-hmm. and I think they just needed some level of stability and assurance in the back line to not have to play Amy Jackson, you know, in the back line and just allow some little bit more consistency going forward.
0: Yeah, I I thought Amy Jackson was the best of a few bad options in terms of a replacement. They didn't really have a proper backup center half in the squad. Um you know, if you asked Tony Gustafson, uh, he might have told you that Courtney Nevin's the perfect person to put there, but Jeff Hopkins doesn't agree. Yeah. Continues to play at left back. and I thought it actually had a pretty good game in this one. She got in the score sheet as well.
1: Thing is, as well, though, with uh, Claudia Bunch heading off with New Zealand uh, good duties, Amy Jackson probably will have to go, you know, back. And Jeff spoke about they have some options, but I think Amy Jackson is probably the. Most realistic because she the least ha- worst the, option yeah the least worst option because she's played there this season and uh, even though they they haven't been great they have they're still what third in the league at the moment behind Melbourne City and Sydney uh, so I think it's you know as when once Horia Bunch comes back I think. They're okay. They're going to be okay.
0: A couple of games in hand as well on the teams above them. Uh, They are on 21 points in fourth place, just behind Adelaide United on goal difference. That 8-2 helps for Adelaide, certainly. Uh, But they've got two games in hand on the Reds. Uh, Having played 10 games, Melbourne City in second with 24 points Also having played 10 games, Sydney FC top of the tree with 28 points. Isn't it crazy to think that Western Sydney Wanderers are the only team to take points off Sydney FC this season?
1: I think it's quite, it's it's quite strange. And I think that maybe Western Sydney tanked all their energy into that one game. They still didn't even get away with the win for that. They still got only got a draw, but I think it's quite weird that Sydney you know, didn't get a uh, you know didn't get a win in that game. But I think if I remember correctly, Remy Seamus might may have not played that game.
0: No, I don't think. She yeah, she there. didn't play
1: that game. So they were weakened essentially. But West, but Sydney are substantially. There is a gigantic gap. You'd that have, was the
0: game that Mackenzie Hawksby yeah, had about a million chances, chances to score as well, and just didn't go in. And
1: the next game, Mackenzie Hawksby clearly you know spoke to her boots and said we're not leaving this without a goal <laughs> and then she you know i think what's scored like 2 3 she's or got, so a trick, she got, yeah, she got a hat trick i so. think yeah she's got a hat trick so
0: not too long after yeah. so she uh, she made it right uh, sydney fc getting the 1-0 win against newcastle jets Uh, This game ended in a bit of controversy with a bit of goalkeeper on goalkeeper violence. There's been
1: been a lot of goalkeeper on goalkeeper violence this season Mm. in the dub. It's been quite scary and it continued this week. Well,
0: last minute corner. Sydney FC up 1 0, thanks to a very nice goal from Princess Abini. The corner comes in, and it is the Jets goalkeeper who's up for the corner who fouls Jada Wyman or so the referees determined well after the fact. As Lou Sprawl dropped to Car- uh, Taryn King, she put it away, and then it ended up being the Lino's job to go over to the referee and disallow it deep into stoppage time. So still Sydney FC on that winning streak, and they're still on pace for an undefeated season.
1: See, I didn't have the multi-screen up going, so I was watching TNC... But I wasn't watching the game because I didn't have it sorted on my TV. I didn't really figure. That's out.
0: funny because some of our panels from yes, TNC were, we're watching, watching the game. game.
1: So Tay, <laughs> I saw Taya's instant reaction to when I saw Joey's reaction, and I understand why everybody like why they think maybe that it was a like it wasn't a foul. But me looking back on it now, I think it is a foul. Like, I think that. Brisbane, The Brisbane keeper, I've forgotten her name. It eludes me at this moment. The Jets keeper, sorry. Jets keeper, thank you. I clicked on the wrong game on my laptop and it's like, <laughs> throw me off. Um, but she looked real unsure of where she was supposed to be. So when she did get up to Jada Wyman, I think she did n- does nudge her out of the way before the ball has even, like, got an opportunity for it to be in a play. This life. is a
0: really good point that you raised off air. The, as the kick is being taken, it's almost impossible to determine whether the ball's in play or not as to whether it should have been a retake or a foul. Yeah. But the infringement from the goalkeeper actually comes in the first instance and not when they're actually going up for the ball together. She sort of jumps on Jada puts her off balance and then she's actually gone too early. Then the ball comes in and then she jumps up, I think, fair and square. Um, but the damage is already done. So... In the end, probably like justice it, it, prevails, and
1: that's. I think that that's what the referee is saying. That it was in the build-up of the play that, you know, the, determine the, the goal. Determine yeah. the goal. So, I think they made the right decision. It was quite controversial, and apparently, VAR does exist in the dub. I didn't realise, <laughs> and it takes just as long of time as in the you know when it is actually in play. I think Jets had like chances, and they. Should have scored even before that. They hit, so I can't remember exactly who, but hit the post. And it, I was like, How have they not s- scored? And they there was a was like, Is it Marcuson who hit the post? I believe so. And there was even, she's a, unreal. Yeah,
0: I think another club might poach her in the off season if she wants to come back to the Australia haves and the have nots, Josh. Yeah, and, exactly. Know, and Newcastle are one of the have nots,
1: exactly. Um, and there was even a potential penalty shout. Um, I'm telling you, names today have been really difficult for me, but I can see the images in my head as clear yep. as day as if I'm you know. What was the kind
0: of the No, it was true,
1: like, you know, true place, like, sliding in and it almost looked at it as if, like, foot, high, like, low foot and, you know, taking them out of the way. My description, I'm clearly writing. Six of writing, one,
0: half a dozen of the I'm other, sounds I'm like. clearly
1: writing a book with just really great, you know, adjectives and everything <laughs> included, but...
0: Um, well, you're painting a picture for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: but I think... Sydney, you know, they're showing you've got to win those type of games if you're going to win, you know, the league. And they have shown throughout the entire season that they are the best team in the competition. But they do versus Melbourne City on Sunday um, in Bentley. I- yes, yes, you're right. Yeah.
0: It is a southeast
1: fixture. Yeah, and I'll be at that game and I'll, you know, I think that's going to be, a, I think it's a grand final preview.
0: Rocking rockin the dub herbs.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's close to my house too. And I always have to drive really far into the city and everybody else gets really like easy tram ride or a quick drive. So it's, I think I deserve this. They've
0: brought it to you. I think it's a special treat just for people. But involved. I will
1: say, Josh, we did speak in the first segment about how it looks as if some at times Football Australia don't care in a sense about, you know, the A-League women's. This game on Sunday is at five past four. Western Sydney versus Western Sydney Wanderers at six o'clock. Josh, how can they be in the same state? How can people go or, like, you know, reporters go to both games? You have to make the decision. And as the A-League men's is the prized possession of Australian football, who's going to be at this uh, dub game on Sunday?
0: Yes. Uh, the scheduling has been one for... Uh bit of a head-scratcher. I think this is the game to go to. This is the top two playing each other. I don't think anyone's... Well, do
1: you not remember that Mark Rudan is back to face his old side? Josh? <laughs> is that not a storyline that's... Uh, you know, I'll be... Most certainly will be at the, the game that I think is more crucial to, you know, who wins the league. But I think, yet again don't know who was looking at the two schedules going, this was a great idea and they're in the same state. If they're in a different state, maybe, you know, I'd understand. But I understand it's a Sunday as well. But, you know, you couldn't push it back a little, an hour or seven.
0: That's crazy to me, to be honest, yeah. to have the two leagues going head-to-head all the time in the same city. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to have simultaneous kickoffs in different states. Exactly. But f- I think it feels like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Some some of the time, uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed, in fairness, to get from one to the other in Mo- time.
1: Certainly, but I I just think that realistically, if you're trying to watch it on TV as well, though, like you've got to what half.
0: Why not have, just have it as a double header? I know they're different clubs. I they asked
1: know. I asked you know Nick Domino about this, and Nick said that they can't share that they don't share the stadium for two clubs. But I was still. But why not? But I was. I was like, surely, you know. It's not.
0: It's not really Western United. It's saying, not. It's
1: not. Know. They're essentially like renting it out because you know they've been kicked out by Geelong. Um, yep. Well, until, and South Melbourne. And South Melbourne, and you know they are the. They are all yeah, of a twist. That,
0: that, that's silly to me. I, I think they should be just making this a double header. Who cares if it's two different clubs? It's a shared stadium, Amy Park. It's a, It's not owned by anybody, any of the one particular club. It's a, so when it's you walk outside of Amy asset.
1: Park and they show the banners of every club, there's like 10 clubs <laughs> on that <laughs> plaque. I'm like, whose home ground is this again, sorry?
0: Yeah, so it doesn't matter. I think common sense should have prevailed on that one. But uh, you're right. I think they'll probably get a lower attendance as a result for for both games, unfortunately. Uh, Let's talk about Melbourne City 4, Perth Glory 0. This result hasn't... uh deterred Perth at all from extending Alex Parkers' contract for another season, which I think is... The right decision? The the correct call, but uh, Melbourne City did take them to the cleaners on the weekend. Two goals for Holly McNamara, one for Hannah Wilkinson and one for Rihanna Policina. So all three of the front three getting in on the act. Uh, Rado Vizicic's plan seems to be coming off to perfection with this lineup. It Just the goals keep on flowing for that attacking trio.
1: That front three... It's been tremendous all season. Mm. They have, you know, at times it was a bit, you know, wasn't sure. But they have been, besides Sydney's front three, been the most consistent throughout the season. And they have got better every step of the way. Holly McNamara, we know how amazing she is. And she she's had a breakout season. Hannah Wilkinson is leading the, uh, goals, the goal tally at the moment. Yep. And Real Policino has done the, a lot of the hard work as well. And she's had a tremendous season. If you look, Even if you look to the stats and past the stats, she's been such a hard-working uh, player, especially when Holly McNamara wasn't there uh, with the Matildas.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I honestly think it is the best front three in the league. Do yeah. you? Yeah. yeah I, I think
1: i, I got to disagree with you on that.
0: I mean, there's Vine, Seamson and Abini for Sydney. I just haven't seen Princess Abini cons- so like you're, on a consistent essentially, basis. Essentially,
1: you're comparing Princess Abini and Riala Cena because... That's would be yeah. the like yeah okay that's, like tally, okay. like like if you're looking at quality, that's who you would. be. And you know. I just
0: think Politeen's been more decisive this season.
1: I do I do think that Princess Sabini at times we've we spoken about this like the like early on in the radio dub we spoke about how we need Princess Sabini to you know step up her game at times. It's a
0: weird time for me to maybe making this argument after she no, scored no, no, the winner. No 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 no, and weekend. it was a
1: great goal. But I think that it's another thing about strikers like. Just because a striker scores goal doesn't mean they've been perfect and you can't critique them because I don't think being a striker is mm. purely, you know, about scoring goals. Hannah Wilkinson could have 10 goals and if she had been poor and, that she, you know, she just scored them. I mean,
0: she's scored four or five in yeah, one game. Yeah, she's got five
1: in one game, but she has been great. You know, she's been a real, um, like, centrepiece for Melbourne City. She's brought them a lot of confidence and I think she's done – I'm not critiquing Hannah Wilkinson. And she wins a I don't, lot of flick-ons and me. knockdowns yeah, exactly. for her
0: fellow – uh, strikers exactly. and so forth,
1: but Real Paulina has been great. I uh, I just think that Sydney has shown it for longer, maybe because they obviously have been together. I just think lo-
0: they've got a better midfield than than City. I think that's the difference between the two teams for me.
1: I just think that for when I look at Sydney, I see them creating for themselves more the front three, mm. and Holly McNamara's is great and she can create, but she's still got a lot of things to learn. And Paul Paulina is great, but. When I look at Remy Seamuson and Courtney Vine I, I, and like Princess Zabini, I think they can create for themselves and do a little bit more. To I a mean, City bit more often so
0: hit in transition. That's usually yeah. where they feast on goals. But I think that's the system more than the front three per se. I, I think it's because it's pretty rigid shape this 3-4-3, three, three. everyone kind of stays in their positions and it's all about structure. But that's what I want,
1: Josh. I want some people to know their positions yeah, and stay in
0: it. Yeah, that's true. But some of these other
1: A-League women's teams could learn a thing or two.
0: Sometimes they struggle to break teams down because the ball's just being moved from side to side in those big U yeah. shapes. But as soon as they get uh, a counter-attacking opportunity and those front three have a bit of space to operate in... They are absolutely lethal. And that's what I'm looking forward to, to see how Sydney deals with it on the weekend.
1: Is it because Holly McNamara is Lightning McQueen and she's just racing to the finish every time? That
0: helps. But also Politsina is one of the most accurate passers and strikers of a ball in the league. And Wilkinson just monsters defenders the oh, yeah. time. Like she's—it's—it's
1: it's scary how tall she is and how short everybody else is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm five two, and I'm looking at, her, I'm going, how? I to one-on-one legal? interview. How with, is this legal for her to be that tall in this competition? Like, surely we need to. Everyone needs to be wearing stilts or something, you know? It's like a I shack know. attack or exactly. something. Like it's, it's unfair. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's not just her physical stature as well. It's also like how coordinated she is for size and her finishing ability is is really impressive. Um, But for Sydney, I still make them favorites coming into this game, especially considering the previous fixture between the two clubs. Um, But also just because I I think they've got more in terms of their build up play than City do. They rotate a little bit more in midfield. Um, I, I think they can deal with the pressing of Melbourne City, which is such a key part of their game plan. And I think they will win.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that it's going to be a big test, particularly for um, Melbourne City's defence, which I think has been really, uh, like, decently good. Mm Amitra has had a great season, and I think we haven't spoken enough about how well she's played this season. Uh, But for me, Sydney are still comfortably my favourites. No one has shown me that they can beat them, and particularly with Melbourne Victory. You know, Melbourne Victory, right, like, corrected the ship a little bit uh, in the last few games. But they will lose uh, Alex Chidiak so they'll essentially go back to a form of themselves that was quite shaky mm. and I know Jeff Coppins doesn't like me using the word shaky to describe Melbourne victory but shaky is the word I would use for their season some of the, part of their season
0: yeah I mean it, it all depends on if that loan deal can be renegotiated with with JEF in in Japan uh,
1: he so from the press conference on Saturday that on Saturday's game they will not – they probably will not be extending it out because their window will close um, by the time uh, they, can, uh, they can sign her again potentially. So Alex Shidiak is probably on her way back. But Jeff did speak highly of getting her back. They will work really hard to get her back next season and hopefully she will be because I think – for Alex Chiak and for the Matildas, she needs to be playing consistent football in the right position. Mm. Um,
0: Not on the bench no. or out of the squad or at left wing back like she exactly. has been in Japan. You know, it's a this is, disgrace.
1: And she's shown that comfortably. I, w- I want to see what she does for the next few games, but I think she could arguably make a great case to be in the team of the season for the A League Women's.
0: Yeah. And. I just think that she provides something different to other midfielders in the competition and other Australian midfielders that we have And Obviously, I'm, I'm a bit biased. I yeah. produce a podcast. But uh, she does offer for the ball in tight areas. And yeah. she covers a lot of ground as well. Like, she's not some, like, luxury creative player. She also defends pretty aggressively. Is that a number six you're down.
1: describing, Josh, that Australia, the Matildas, lack? I
0: think she could play there. Ah. Register. Chitty. Who
1: are we? Who do we know? What do we know, Josh? Come on.
0: Well, no, we're, uh, we're not... We're minnows. Uh, we're exactly. people, managers. <laughs> we don't know anything about performance mode, Piqua.
1: We don't. We certainly don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think before we get into more Tony Gustafsson slander, we should take a break here on Radio Dub on FNR Football Nation Radio. More coming up on the other side. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palacios. Oh, it's, it's, it's an absolute it peach. Here's Drake. We're always feeling it when that music comes on. So is our producer, Lockie Flanagan, outside, by the way, absolutely vibing. It's Radio Dub here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Josh Parrish here with Pakua Frimpong to take you through the games for the rest of the week. They are coming thick and fast in this festival of capchup football that we have going on. Tomorrow night, Melbourne Victory playing Sydney FC, tantalising tie. Uh, that one. What are you expecting Oof. from this match? Because it's a big test for victory. It is,
1: and Sydney's all the all the records Sydney have accumulated this season are up for grabs um, in this game. So I'm gonna go. I think Sydney. Still walk away with the win. I think, worst case for Sydney, that game is comes out as a draw. Mm. I still do think Sydney are a class above everybody else.
0: Do Victory have Bunge or is she away already? I believe already? she's away already. Okay, so that for me is a key part yeah. of the prediction. Uh, if they can manage to sneak in one last game for her, I think Victory have got a shot, but if not, can't see them getting a result.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a good uh, like indicator of actually... like I know the bunch is not there, but I think it's still a good indication in terms of the football that Victory are playing this season. It'll be a good test to see how far they've come and if they can push Sydney in the finals, because I have no doubt. I think the final the final four mm. is essentially what it's going to stay as. The order might change a little bit, but I think that's, they're going to be the teams that are playing each other in the final four.
0: I also think it's a good barometer for Kyra Cooney-Cross because I've wondered whether her sort of inconsistent form this season has been as a result of positional struggle or mentality and can she do it against really good opposition? Yeah. Uh, A flat-track bully against Western Sydney Wanderers, that's fine, but if you want to be a starting-caliber Matildas player, you've got to come out against Sydney FC and put in a good performance. So I think it's a big night for her.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big test for her and I I, I think – she's got a little bit of her confidence back, you know, in these last few games. And I just want to see her playing good football because I think she is a good football. I think we, I think as we do in Australian media, we talk about people highly that we put a lot of pressure on them and don't allow them Mm. the opportunity to grow naturally and become, you know, the player they deserve. And they might dwindle away before they have the opportunity to be great. I'd like her just to be playing confident football so we know where she's actually at in her, like her skill. And I think this is going to be a good way to see that.
0: So Wellington versus Adelaide United on Thursday night. Wellington coming off the first ever win in club history. Big milestone for them, beating Canberra United. Well-deserved.
1: Well-deserved. I think we've if – if you've been watching Wellington throughout the season, they have played good football on multiple occasions. They just – the age of – like they've been – they're such a young team. They've fallen away at stages mm. throughout throughout games, but – they deserve that win against Canberra and I think Adelaide uh, have shown their great side. But I think that Wellington are capable of getting a draw out of this game and you know maybe they're lucky enough to sneak away with one. But I think Adelaide are certainly the favourites heading into this game.
0: Uh, I'm going to say Adelaide win this comfortably. Yeah, okay. And uh, Fiona Big Mac Wurtz with a hat trick. How's that?
1: Is the Big Mac even the best burger at McDonald's? I think the McChicken com- or the McSpicy comfortably beat the Big Mac. I'm just saying. Yeah, like-
0: but she's English, so she can't be McSpicy. <laughs> <so I'm> not- <laughs> uh, we speak flippantly, but if you think that's like offensive or whatever, go back and listen to the first segment yes. we did tonight, and uh, then you'll get the gist of where we're where coming from in that regard. Uh, Brisbane Roar versus Canberra United. Friday night, 7.45. Kick off two clubs in... Relatively, well, I would have said dire straits until the game that happened just before we went on air. Canberra 5, Western Sydney Wanderers nil. Their spirits will be buoyed by that result. Whereas Brisbane down in the dumps after an 8-2 defeat. Do they bounce back in this one?
1: Yeah, I think they have to. I think Katrina Gorey probably went in there after the post-match and went, I am not having my season finished like this. We are going to finish the season strong. And I think they will bounce back comfortably. Not comfortably because, you know...
0: Can you imagine the death stare Katrina Gorey was giving her team match? Oh yeah, hundred percent.
1: She was her and Harper walking around that room going, We cannot have this so <laughs> I will not allow this. Um
0: Her mum stare <laughs> exactly, as he dubbed it a few weeks exactly.
1: ago. Uh but uh I think Brisbane Raw probably get away go away like two one, three one winners.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Melbourne Victory, Perth Glory. Again, we're favoring two victory games in a round Saturday for 50 p.m. Lots of ice baths
1: for Melbourne Victory. Clearly, yeah, it's like
0: actually t- a tough turnaround, this. a tough
1: turnaround. Perth are a great side. Uh, I think it's going to be really tough, speci- uh, especially if we, if we I, take I like to
0: call them Melbourne B. <laughs> <laughs>
1: especially if we take... Based on
0: their <laughs> recruitment from NPL Victoria. Exactly.
1: If we... Um, Take into account how many games the victory are going to have played in the, that short period of time, I think this is an opportunity for Perth to sneak a win and maybe make a final push to make it really uh, scary for Adelaide and Victory in the f- like final game of the uh, of the year.
0: Yeah, uh, Perth not able to play home games at the moment, so it's a tough tough situation for them. I, I wouldn't blame them if there was a. If they're playing the a different
1: end. sport, maybe they'd be allowed in uh, Perth. Maybe. <sighs>
0: Slap just let that one sink in. Uh, Newcastle Jets, Western Sydney Wanderers. I can't see things getting any better for Western Sydney. I'm going newy 3-0 on this one. Uh, yeah,
1: Newcastle, comfortable win. Uh, I, I, I just want Western to score more goals. Like, I just want them to be creative. I think they really lack a creative midfielder, um, which obviously they can't get in or anything like that. But I just want them to...
0: Can they magic one up? Can you they can. Maybe,
1: you know, find a different way to play and just, you know, just... Get a, you know, just do. Don't, they're not making the finals, so why not just have fun with it and just play, you know, play. And I understand they're trying to build a culture and you know a style of play, but you want to have some some level of morale bring into, you know, you want something to take away. But I think how Newcastle, many goals they
0: scored this season? Two, three,
1: three, four, 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 five. Is it four? Three. Oh wait. Really,
0: three goals, all oh, yeah, season. you know
1: what you know what it is, Josh, like every time I think about Bradley Henry scoring that penalty, I always thought that was their third goal of the season, and now I've realized that they scored against city mm-hmm. as well, and that's their actual third goal. I was giving this much credit
0: yeah it's a it's a grim record, uh Melbourne City versus Sydney, we spoke about it before. I'm going for a Sydney win in this one on Sunday, even with the short turnaround. I think uh they just got a little bit more in midfield yeah. for me. Uh, uh, but, you know, city on, on well, like, sort of home turf, southeastern suburbs, I guess it's the home of Melbourne City now. Sure.
1: Okay, Josh. Um, I don't well, know. Move
0: moved the training ground out to Casey. They're uh, I, I they your Casey local local team now. They are, my,
1: they are my local team, but uh, I've yet to see the construction just because I don't go around that area. I'm okay. not criti- criticising their building. Um, it's nice. It's a nice facility, Casey oh, Fields. Oh, Casey Fields fantastic. Um, getting lost is also quite funny. Casey Fields as well.
0: Yeah, that's... Uh it's difficult to find. Yeah, let's yeah. say there's a lot of lot of I, I would that, like to that say that complex. I, you know,
1: I just like when the you know Melways used to be around. I would be an expert with Melways as I am with Casey Fields. I know the ways. If you ever get lost and I'm there, I'll show you the way.
0: And the warm-up game for our next show, Tuesday the 22nd, Canberra United versus Melbourne Victory. I think this should be three games in space of a week is going to be tough for victory, but this game should be a comfortable one based on recent form. Yeah,
1: and Canberra's, you know, their home wasn't, is not a fortress uh, as we've seen throughout this season. Uh, victory, for me, probably should get a win with this, even with the tight turnaround. I think they, Jeff is a fantastic manager and they've played great football and they probably will again when they versus Canberra.
0: Well, uh, unless you know they pick up a whole lot of injuries. Yeah, exactly. God forbid. And again, the previous <laughs> two games.
1: I can't deal with any more injuries this season. I can't do it.
0: It's going to be an absolute yeah. slog for those A League women's players going back to their day jobs and then back to another game and then back to a day job, back yeah. to another game. It's uh, it's going to be tough for them. But we know they've got the the strength of character yeah. for Kua wearing. I think
1: it's uh, but also uh, it goes massive like should applaud to the uh the employers of those, you know, of these athletes because they are allowing them to be really flexible, even though they, sh- you know, mm. they shouldn't be put in that situation. I think it's a tremendous effort from those uh, organisations that they are supporting their players to allow them to live out their dreams and, you know, be inspiration to other people.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes an issue with recruitment, um, getting time off work to be able to play in these, all these yeah. midweek games and such, Such uh, it's... Uh Difficult situation for the entire league with so many fixtures to make up in a short space of time, but we're going to enjoy having lots of football to watch at the very least. Pakua Frimpong, thank you so much. I'll figure
1: out the multi-screen as well and I'll be able to have them all up at once. Yeah, you'll just
0: be mainlining football from all angles. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'll be like, you know, I'll be buried in football. I'll be like, ah, this is 4-0, 3-0. I'm ready. I'm excited for the weekend.
0: I'm glad to hear it. Pakua Frimpong and Josh Parrish signing off for the evening. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch it on our podcast platforms. But until next week, it's goodbye for now. Pickett she lays it off. Teresa Polias, it's an absolute peach. He is driving. Yes! What a
1: hit from Molinares! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Minamara one nil.